Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. This is the Retirement Clinic. As I say every week, the doors are open to the clinic. We're up and running. And we say good morning to your host, Jeff Kowal. How are you doing, Jeff? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Sunny here in uh, Wisconsin. We're we're looking at a high of 55. It's Mother's Day weekend. In addition to Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, Christine Hayward joins us. Uh, she of the Middleton office, I believe, Christine, correct? Correct. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Christine. Uh, good to hear you uh, on the program. We've got a great hour planned for you. In fact, if you have any retirement questions in between all of our segments, the sexy segment, we're going to hear from Aaron Kowal uh, for business owners. We call that the boss a segment. We welcome questions, retirement questions about your own plan. Are you on the right course? Use the Accident Mortgage text line. It's 799-1130-414-799-1130 on the Accident Mortgage text line. And Jeff, as we start out the show, we should talk a little bit about you know, these days, the the virus and how you're meeting with current clients, new clients that want to talk to somebody at the Kowal yeah. Investment Group. You've got, I mean, locations based in Waukesha, Port Washington, in Middleton, where Christine is from, in Phoenix, Arizona. Your newest location is in Racine. But nowadays, you're doing a lot of virtual and phone meetings. We are. We're doing 35 to 40 meetings a week uh, with new people that are uh, looking to rebuild their retirement. We're doing virtual meetings. Uh, we're doing Zoom, uh, phone calls, all kinds of stuff, Skype, um, just to make sure we keep in touch with our existing clients and uh, with new people that are coming in. Um, virtual meetings, you can go on the website, thekowalway.com. Uh, Alyssa did a really nice job of setting that up, so it's very easy for you to start working with the Kowal Investment Group if you're close to already in retirement. $750,000 or more in retirement assets. We'd love to start working with you and help you rebuild your retirement. Uh, Paul, there are a couple of things that are going on. And Christine, you can chime in if you like. Um, oh, I don't know if you need to give out phone numbers or anything. Paul, are we good? No, well, I I just gave out the text line, but I'll do it again. Oh, and we should reiterate that because we've got two phone lines maximum that we can conference call. The only way we can really take questions is on text, but you know what? It works out really good. We've been getting texts throughout the morning, and it's so easy for people to shoot off a text. I think some people prefer that, the calling in. So here's what we're doing. We invite you to partake in the program. We are live with Jeff Kowal. Use that Accident Mortgage text line. It's the same as our call-in number. So it's 799-1130, 414-799-1130. Start texting now. And we got several questions the last few weeks, Jeff, that were, you know, anything about retirement plans, financial plans, or future. Uh, especially now, Jeff, as people are seeing their 401k plans, I know your advice. And that is, Paul, quit looking at it every day. <laughs> well, this kind of just what happened. We're, you know, we're working remotely now. I mean, we're if I were in the studio, you would have shrugged your shoulders, rolled your eyes, and said, "Jeff, I just did that since I can't see you." I did you know, with the with the phone number, but yeah, uh, what's what's happening now is kind of unique in, in the sense that uh, there was a headline with Larry Kudlow. It said, "Stock surge as economic recovery put record unemployment in the rearview mirror." How can you put record unemployment in a rearview mirror when we're right in the middle of it? Yesterday, six, uh, 20, 20, 20 and a half million jobs were lost, according to the April jobs report. Unemployment at 14.7%. 
And he's saying uh, uh, economic recovery hopes put record unemployment in a rearview mirror. Well, it's happening. Yeah, we're in the middle of it. It's like you're driving. You're right, Jeff. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> but then there's another one that said oil prices signal market may be getting close to switching from sh- surplus to shortage. Just like that, it changes. Um, and we're, we're still about 15 percent from our um, high in the markets. And oil prices, which were you know, just a couple of weeks ago, they were giving it away. Now it's at, it closed yesterday at almost $24 a barrel. Have you noticed gas prices few- popped up too, Jeff? I mean, oh, I was paying yeah. 95 cents a gallon to a hundred uh, to a buck 65 yesterday. Yep, yep. Um, and, it's, and we're seeing it. What uh, the futures are around 30 to $35 for um, December for oil futures. Investors now are looking to schools opening again, back to school. They're looking forward to Christmas retail season. This is like, I mean, the unemployment report is like so yesterday. And and really, that's how it is. They're saying that the states are going to be opening up. Things are going to turn out okay. And that's what we're looking forward to, the, the markets. Are. And that's why you see the market go up 455 points yesterday on the worst unemployment report, probably, I think it was since 1939. It's like, what am I missing here? Well, what you're missing is that the market's looking out uh, six and eight months. There was one thing we got a call in from a client that I thought was pretty interesting for this show today because um, he said, hey, isn't it a great idea if I take $100,000 with the CARES Act, which is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act? He called me and said, hey, what if I just take $100,000 out of my retirement plan because the government allows it as part of this CARES Act, you, you can avoid the penalty. The biggest thing with uh, retirement plans is if you're under age 59 and a half and you want to take money out of your retirement plan, you have to pay a 10% federal penalty and a 3.33% state penalty unless you do th- certain things. If we get a chance, we'll go into the 72T. But the government says, wait a second, because of this uh, coronavirus, we'll let you take money out of your 401ks or traditional retirement plans. You can take up to $100,000 out and you can spread that tax over three tax years with no penalty. So he said, hey, how about if I just take $100,000 out of my, my retirement plan, pay the taxes on it, spread it out over three years, put it into a brokerage account, and instead of having to pay income tax on that in the future, I can either put it in a tax-free municipals or I can get capital gains tax on. Great idea. Yeah. It is a great idea, except. Oh, there's a but. <laughs> there is a catch. <laughs> Here, as you read the CARES Act, it says, first things first, not all, not all the plans are the same. Specifically, the legislation restricts relief to qualified participants with a, with a valid COVID-19-related reason for early access to the retirement fund. These include you have to have been diagnosed with COVID-19, you have to have a spouse or dependent diagnosed with COVID-19, you have to experience a layoff, furlough, reduction in hours, or inability to work due, due to COVID-19 or lack of child care because of COVID-19. So they're just saying, they're warning you. You can't just take $100,000 out. It isn't for everybody. If you've got the coronavirus, if your wife got it, if your kids got it, if you got laid off, then you can claim that, and then you can take some money out. But they're going to come back to, to people and say, 
okay, let's see, where's your, if, if they have any reason to, to suspect it, that you maybe were just doing it for a tax dodge, they may come after you. And that's, you know, if, if you meet one or more of those eligibility requirements, does not necessarily mean you'll be able to access your money in the workplace retirement account. That's the other thing. The CARES Act says you can take money from your retirement plan, but your employer has to allow it. If the employer plan does not permit loans or does not permit withdrawals, you can't do it anyway. So you just got to be careful. It's a great idea. It really is. But, you know, you don't want to contract COVID-19 just to be able to take money out of your retirement plan and pay a taxes over three years oh yeah no that's absolutely a good point jeff I've, we've only got about two minutes but I, the first text of the day i think i'll i'll run it by you and christine hayward here quickly see if we can answer it we've got about two minutes and this is uh our first te- text from a 248 area code jeff what do you think about dave ramsey's advice to only invest in growth stock mutual funds for your retirement avoiding individual stocks bonds and whole life policies Dave Ramsey is an interesting guy. I, he's he's a, got a big Christian network. I like a lot of the things that he does. He talks about eliminating debt. He talks about a lot of different things. Having growth growth funds is a great idea. Uh, but and, and Christine, you may have an opinion on this as, as well. We like the idea of asset allocation because we're not. Uh, you don't always know which is going to be the hot area. Is it going to be growth stocks? Is it going to be uh, value stocks? Is it going to be overseas? So we pared down our, our overseas portion uh, allocations for our clients. We've reduced the amount in value stocks, and we have put an emphasis on growth stocks. But doing just growth stocks, I think, is is uh, is not a good strategy. Christine, did you have an opinion on that? I, I agree with you. Plus, every every person is different. I mean, you have to look at the risk tolerance of everybody, the tax brackets that they're in. I mean, there there's so many other pieces to consider too. Even if putting in growth stocks for somebody made sense from our end, if they have a very low risk tolerance and that's going to keep them awake at night, having even more diversification will probably help them a little bit longer in in the long run with, with peace of mind. Um, so a lot of this comes down to case-by-case basis too because, you know, every, every client's going to be you know, have different wants and different needs and different timelines. Uh, good advice and a great question. Thank you for the text. We'll continue with more text coming up. Again, the Acunet text line is 799-1130. For Jeff Kowal and Christine Hayward, this is a retirement clinic. And please join us and ask your questions via text. We are live on this Mother's Day weekend. Jeff, I do want to give out your information. That is your website, thekowalway.com. A great resource. Jeff, we can also call you at any time. Your office is open. Your phone lines are up and running. And that's another option as well. 262-522-4040 works in Middleton as well. It it does work in Middleton as well. (laughs) Again, that number is 262-522-4040. All over social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, as well as thekowalway.com. Aaron Kowal coming up with the Boss Minute, the sexy segment coming up as well. Uh, The Kowal Investment Group, part of Barron's top financial advisor since 2014, every year, just named for 2020, and also just announced for this year, 
the Financial Times Top 400 Advisors. In the Milwaukee Biz Times Future 50, this is the Retirement Clinic, hosted by the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist, Jeff Kowal, Christine Hayward. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owners' savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Lawmakers are backing efforts to let small businesses get tax-free loan forgiveness while also deducting their expenses, a move that would not only provide clarity but unusually generous tax benefits. On Tuesday this week, lawmakers in both parties asked the Internal Revenue Service to reserve a ruling that would deny those deductions. Senior senators also backed legislation that would overturn the IRS ruling if the agency doesn't change its position. However, how quickly such a bill could move through Congress is uncertain. Under the Paycheck Protection Program, companies can get low-interest loans and then have those loans forgiven if the money is used to maintain payrolls and pay other expenses. The economic relief law from March explicitly states that the loan forgiveness does not count as taxable income as it would under normal tax rules. But that law was silent on whether companies would still deduct the associated wages and other expenses. Last week, the IRS said it would deny those deductions, arguing allowing deductions would offer double benefit. If the deductions are allowed, businesses could use them to offset other income. Members of Congress say this benefit is exactly what they intended. In a letter to Treasury Secretary, these lawmakers say during the development of the PPP loan, they did not intend to to deny the deductibility of ordinary and necessary business expenses, nor did these small businesses expect to lose deductions for their businesses when they applied for the PPP loan. The letter also argued that the IRS misinterpreted the existing tax code. Lawmakers say this legislation would erase any confusion. As these changes occur, the Coal Investment Group team will be here to help you navigate these changes and understand how they affect you. Give our office a call, 262-522-4040, or visit us at thekowalway.com. That was Aaron Kowal with our weekly boss segment, Business Owner Savings and Security. We are live on WISN and WIBA. It is the Retirement Clinic. Joining us, your host every week, of course, is Jeff Kowal. Uh, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And Christine Hayward is here with some information. Before we get to that, um, uh, Jeff, I just want to back up what Aaron talked about, these PPPs and government loans. All of this stuff, I get it. We are in survival mode, but money doesn't grow on trees. And eventually we're going to hit a point where it's going to run out. Well, it, it, absolutely, and that's why some of the new stimulus that they're talking about, it's like, what the heck are they talking about? And that we would be committed to it, not just now, but for years and perhaps generations in the future, which is nuts. This, you know, a couple of things like you guarantee $2,000 a month and other things that they're talking about doing. Um, and there's, that would diminish the incentive to go back to work. And I think uh, uh, Scott Walker, Governor Walker, was talking about earlier this week on the, uh, uh, on your show. You just hit the nail on the head. Walker filled in for Belling. I produced the show, and he was talking about the incentive to go back to work is going to be gone if we're making more on unemployment than we did at our job, Jeff. And that's human nature. It's, I, I think we just need yeah. to get back to work. We just need to get people up and, and working. Absolutely. Now, Christine is, is in our Madison office, and she's been up and working all the while. And um, she put a couple things together for today's show. I'm going to defer to her now, Paul. Uh, Christine, it's all yours. 
Thank you very much. Uh, yes, I have two articles that I thought were, were very interesting. Um, the first talks about the stimulus check confusions. Um, it's discussing all, many different questions with some tax preparers uh, because there are a lot of people out there who, who have questions. And surprisingly, some of these tax professionals said they don't really have any better answers for their clients other than simply calling the White House switchboard. So a, a couple of the <laughs> good Good luck with that, right, Christine? Right. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so one big question that a lot of these accountants have been asked is, will this money come out of next year's refund? And one thing that I, I don't think has been addressed um, uh, too much is that these, these payments to individuals are technically refundable credits on your 2020 return, and that means that they exist separately from whatever your tax liability will be for that year. So what they're saying is when you file your return, there'll be some kind of worksheet. They're not sure what yet, but to input the payment you already received, and then it's going to tally up the correct amount that you should have received. But here's the important part that, that these accountants are talking about. They're saying if you get too little, you receive the difference, but if you receive too much, you'll get to keep it. And one of the accountants revisited the language from 2008 when there was a similar payment, and she said, you know, the instructions pretty clearly said if you get too much, you don't have to pay it back. So that's been causing a lot of confusion, and actually all the accountants in this article were saying that's one big question that they continue to receive every day. Um, so they've done a lot of research into it, and I think that that's something the general public uh, isn't really aware of. And Christine, what you're talking about, is, it, I got a question. These these PPPs are pretty much going out. Um, this is not a loan. This is like a grant. Here's the money, right? We're giving this to you um, to get through the rough time. We, but we do have to pay taxes on those. I You're talking about the $1,200 that yeah. you're receiving? Yeah, yeah. Well, the $1,200 and then also, um, I, I mean, business owners can apply for the uh, the the PPPs. I think, Jeff, we talked about that last week a little bit. So yeah. I, I don't know if I'm asking the question the right way. My point is we do have to pay taxes on, on all of this, right? That's, what Christine's talking about is a $1,200 stimulus check. The PPP loan is a small business loan uh, that is forgivable. Uh, so it's going to it'll be interesting to see what the taxation of that will be. Um, we're, we're anticipating that that's probably going to be tax-free and hopefully oh. forgivable if you put it towards payroll uh, because that money, but then you can't deduct the payroll. So there's you're not going to be able to get on both ends, get tax deduct tax-free and uh, be able to deduct your payroll. So from a tax standpoint, and that's what Christina is talking about, some of these rules are still coming out. That they were trying to redefine print on these on the stimulus. What Christine was talking about is the stimulus checks, the twelve hundred dollars per individual, and the twenty four hundred dollars per family, and then the, the five hundred dollars per child credit. Uh, and those are credits, and how that's going to be taxed. If you get too much, you pocket it. If you don't get enough, too bad. Okay, got it. I'm glad you cleared that up. It's the difference between between the two. But what the word forgivable, Jeff, just meaning on the PPPs going back to that, which some businesses are getting, you know, uh, larger checks, right. Depending on your company, um, forgivable yeah. meaning you're not taxed, but then again, you can't deduct the payroll. So, well, forgivable meaning you don't have to pay it back. That it's a loan. And if you don't use it for payroll, if you just use it for general expenses, um, you, you have to pay that loan back. What are your thoughts on down the road? I mean, like I said, money doesn't grow in trees, 
Jeff, is a country, I mean, this is going to be a, a long road back to recovery, given that this money is just being doled out. I'll let Christine handle that one. <laughs> okay, Christine. <laughs> Take that hardball and run with it, right? What do you think, Christine? What are your thoughts? You know, it's it's hard to predict exactly what's what's going to happen. One thing that I thought was was really interesting, and and this is actually going back to the the stimulus. This is again separate from the PPI. Um, I'm sorry, the PPP. Uh, one accountant was talking about how he had a a client who was single in 2018 and got a payment for herself and two kids. Then she got married in 2019, filed a return with her new husband who has one child, and then he got a stimulus payment for two adults and three children. So everything that's going on right now is sort of up in the air. People are getting checks that, that don't make sense. Um, people are, are well, and some people are not receiving checks when they're anticipating it. I think there are so many questions that are up in the air and um, I th- well, a lot of things will have to be reconciled too um, at the end of well, at the end of the tax season next year. But I think this could go on for quite some time, and I think there's going to be a lot of unknown questions until um, more people are are able to you know, get more information. You know, Congress passed this law when they were basically furloughed. So, yeah. for example, the IRS—they're they're basically just doing what they're told. But there are still so many unanswered questions out there that you know th- there are questions coming down the road, and people are just sort of shrugging their shoulders because they don't know how to answer things that aren't set in stone. So, you know, whether you're talking about these stimulus checks that are going to the individuals or the business loan checks, there are still so many unanswered questions. You know, how is everything going to be taxed? Are there going to be some extensions, especially with with the business loans? Um, I do have some clients who have small businesses and they're saying, uh, actually one owns a restaurant, and she said, you know, when we open up again, we are not going to have the need for the staff that we did prior to this because we're not going to have as many people coming in. You know, it could take us years to get back to that point. So, you know, I can't keep the staff on that I have, but then what happens if I get the loan and then I don't have enough staff on hand to meet requirements? Catch 22, There's right? That that exactly. is Exactly. We're going to see dilemmas, Jeff. I know you had some thoughts on that on the local level. We've been hearing all week uh, the last 2 weeks frustration uh, with the state of Wisconsin's unemployment where the website just doesn't work or it was shut down for a while. And I think we talked about that on some shows as well. Your thoughts, Jeff? Well, I think that's going to take a while to get back. And part of the thing that you were talking about a little while ago is that we're doling out all this money. Where's it going to come from? And unless you get people back to work and generating revenue again, there's there's not an endless stream of money, and we are going to have to pay it back sometime in the future. I think that that's where um, before, if you look at the U.S. Uh, economy was in great shape and revenues coming into the federal government were at record levels. The problem is that the Congress is spending like drunken sailors, just like they're doing right now. Yeah. And each stimulus is more spending, more spending, more spending. That's why I think that we have the right guy in there for this time. because He's going he's gonna to look at this and say, this is stupid. This is unsustainable. You're talking about and President Trump. Trump President Trump, yeah, I think that eventually he's going to say, and he has to win a second term, obviously, to be able to do that. But I think he's eventually got to take a look and say, we got to balance the budget. we got to address this debt. We can't leave our kids and grandkids with this debt. We've got this record revenue coming in, and I think we will have that record revenue again 
with tax cuts and other things, it's been proven that when you have when you have lower tax rates, revenue to the government goes up. So the revenue to the government will go back up again. Those are all you have to stop these guys from spending. Trump, uh, like drunken sailors, as you put it, Congress. Uh, and I would agree, Jeff, with that. Um, some other points too. If the country is Trump has been, you know, pretty optimistic about when we do finally open up, that things will open up in a big way once people get back. Remember, before the virus, Jeff, we were rocking and rolling. The economy is as, as strong as it's ever been. Yeah, even some anti-Trump people like like well, I mean Tim Cook was never a big advocate from uh, from Apple of uh, Trump, and he had to admit when when President Trump came down to one of his facilities saying that the U.S. economy is the strongest economy in the world, pretty much saying why would you invest anywhere else? We're going to have our base, you know, we're bringing stuff back to the U.S. because it's the strongest economy in the world. So even those who are not necessarily fond of President Trump were saying things like that before this coronavirus. After the break, we'll come back, and that was good stuff. Christine Hayward joining us on the program with your host, of course. He's Jeff Kowal, and this is the Retirement Clinic on both WISN and WIBA. Both Christine and Jeff will be back with what we call our sexy segment. It's about wealth management and preservation. In the meantime, check it out online, thekowalway.com. That's K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. We'll be right back on WISN, Milwaukee, WIBA, Madison. on a Saturday morning. We are back on WISN and WIBA with the Retirement Clinic. Uh, There are some texts that we'll get to in just a little bit. However, uh, before we do that, that music, Jeff, means it's time for the sexy segment. Christine Hayward has more articles and more comments on retirement coming up. You are going to do today's sexy segment, which is about wealth management and preservation. Yes, this show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. And if you look at, do I have a million dollars? If you have $500,000 in your retirement plan, if you've got a brokerage account or investment portfolio of $500,000, you're at a million dollars. If you have a $500,000 home, you're at a million and a half. If you have a million dollars life insurance, you're at two and a half. If you own your own business, if you get an inheritance, you may be at five million, 10 million, $20 million or more. This segment is for you. This is a, um, uh, uh, Kiplinger's retirement report talked about alternative, alternative strategies for stretch IRAs. Um, and it, it really is in line with our thinking. It's like this has changed dramatically. The SECURE Act changed the stretch IRA. So now what do you do? Just like with the CARES Act, you know, we're seeing things come out that there are different opportunities with the CARES Act. The SECURE Act was the act that was passed at the end of last year that directly addresses retirement plans. So we've talked about the stretch IRA as one of the favorite tax-saving moves to help mitigate the tax bill uh, with non-spouse heirs. What that says is that the stretch strategy, non-spouse heirs could stretch out their IRA over their life expectancy. In other words, I give my IRA to my kids. Their non-spouse beneficiaries, before this year, they could have stretched that out over their life expectancy. They could have had my IRA or Roth IRA for the rest of their life and just taken out required minimum distribution. The new law says, no, it's only over 10 years. So what do you do now? So if you, so you can't do it the rest of your life, you have to have it paid out uh, after 10 years. After 10 years, it has to be all paid out. 
So the article goes on to say, after wiping away the tears over Stretch IRA's demise, it's time to get down to brass tacks and search for alternatives to Stretch. Um, first of all, carefully mow your beneficiaries. If you if you want to, you know, if if your intent originally was to have everything go to your wife, how about if you have some of it go to your spouse and some of it go to the to, uh, other kids? Another one is that one of the exceptions to this rule uh, is that if a spouse, if you have a if, if a named heir is a minor, disabled, chronically ill, or not more than ten years younger than you. You could still do the stretch like it was before. So if you had a sibling that needed help, they can still stretch it out over their life expectancy. Other things you could do, you could bequeath other assets. You know, save the IRAs for some people and then give away other assets and drain your own IRAs and you pay the tax on that. Big one that we like is Roth conversions. We still love Roths. Pay the taxes now. Tax rates are going to be low for the next couple of years, so still pay the tax rates, lower tax rates on those, and then have it grow tax-free forever. So there are a number of things that you can do. You can give the money to charity. You can check on your beneficiaries, and you can use the money to buy life insurance to actually increase the value of your estate, and that life insurance money comes in tax-free. So there are alternatives to a stretch IRA, work with somebody who knows what they're doing with regard to retirement planning, and let's look at some of those alternatives to the stretch IRA. I'm going to turn it to Christine now because she had another uh, issue that she wanted to talk about with regard to lending money to families. Yes, uh, I thought this was a wonderful thing to discuss. It's I, I've had some questions come in about it now as well because I have clients whose children have been or grandchildren have been laid off um, and don't have an income or their income has shrunk. So they're asking, you know, should we look at giving them loans? Should we look at, at gifting to them? Uh, some families are, are thinking about making gifts now just because there are high gift and estate tax exemptions. Uh, right now it's $11.58 million per individual or $23.16 million per couple before that 50% estate tax kicks in. Now, those exemptions are set to drop sharply in 2026, so some clients think that gifting now would be a better idea while those rates are still pretty high. Um, a lot of it comes down to, though, what do the children need the money for? Uh, let's say that they wanted the money for a down payment. Um, usually mortgage brokers would allow a gift to provide the down payment, but if you were doing a family loan, that might not work. One positive to having family loans now is that the required interest rates that the IRS sets on family loans are near historic lows. So if you're going to borrow in, in this month, the IRS mandates a minimum rate on long-term loans, which is more than nine years, of 1.15. And just for comparative purposes, it was 2.7 a year ago and 4.38 in 2010. Um, and then for midterm loans, which is between three and nine years, it's 0.58. And short-term loans, which is under three years, is 0.25. So if you're thinking about giving loans, the, the rates are going to be extremely low. I think one of the biggest questions, though, that everybody has to consider is really the emotional piece to it. You know, what happens if a parent gives one child a loan and not the other? How are you going to balance that out? You know, what if you, you give your child a loan and they default? How is that going to change your relationship? Would it change your relationship? And a lot of those, I think, are, are pieces that aren't being considered as much. So that, I think, is one of the biggest 
questions that family members would have to ask themselves before they even start looking into uh, the nooks and crannies of, of what you would have to do to start a loan is I think really how... You are hitting on a really good point, Jeff, uh, family dynamics. We've talked about this before because yep. you're a parent, I'm a parent. Every child is different, right? Some are responsible with money and they're fine, and, and some aren't. Well, also, when you think about lending money to a family, you think, I'll just lend it to them. What does the government have to say? Well, they, as Christine was saying, they do set interest rates that are acceptable to the government for lending money to family members. When I have clients that are either going to either lend money to family members or uh, buy a house for a kid because they're going to, all they need is a down payment, then they'll make payments to me. Just plan on it not happening. Plan that they're going to default on the loan. Plan that they're not going to be able to, they may lose their job or, and say, well, we, the last bill they're going to pay is to mom and dad. <laughs> so they're not going to make your rent payments or the, the house payments to you. So if you go into that with that thought, and the other thing that Christine mentioned is that what if you lend it to one and that kid defaults on it? Uh, I mean, you can make some adjustments in their inheritance because they already got that money and, and, and uh, didn't pay it back. So there are some things that you can do, but the family dynamics, that's why I'm glad Christine handled this one because I don't want to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, Christine, I'll let you finish your thought. And then before a break, I, there's several texts that are coming in that I'd like to address as well. Uh, but finish your thoughts, Christine. Sure. Uh, and there is one other piece that, that um, I think a lot of the borrowers don't consider. Um, so if, if they're getting family loans, then you know, they don't have to worry if they have a, a rough credit history, um, you know, income isn't predictable. Well, if they're receiving the loan from their family, that's not an issue. But if they're thinking about building their credit, even if they are very timely with their repayments, it probably won't help to build credit either. So there are pros and cons to giving family loans, and that those are just a couple ideas um, that the article discussed and that, that I had as well. Well, and the the questions were, let me just read you the text, but I was going to ask Jeff at the beginning beginning of the show, we got rolling and I never did. Like yesterday, for example, how can the markets keep on going up when all of this is happening? Yesterday, the market ended up 455 points, the Dow, and it ended at 24,331. Here's our text from our listener. There are popular analysts that are saying that the recent market jumps are not warranted, and it's expected to come down hard in the near future. To save recent gains in my 401k, I was advised to come out of the stocks and seek safer havens, such as U.S. government bonds and fixed income. Meanwhile, the Dow and the S&P 500 have continued to increase, and they go up and up, and yes, some days down. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Oh, my thoughts are that the day-to-day fluctuations of the market are going to happen. They're going to happen if if President Trump uh, puts together a deal with China on trade, and if he doesn't. If there's, they uh, get a vaccine, if there's hope for a vaccine, the market's going to go up. If, uh, if it falls through, it's going to go down. So day to day, you're going to see a lot of volatility. What we're looking at is longer term. A year from now, the market's going to be higher than it is today, in our opinion. And do you want to be out of the market on those few days that the market goes up 455 points or so? 
I don't want to be. So I, or I don't want my clients to be either. So I'd rather be a little bit more growth oriented with the thought that the high in the Dow is around 29,500. We're at around 24,000, a little over 24,000 now. That's 5,000 points. It's, that's 12 or 15%. I'm banking that it's going to get, and, and I'm advising my clients, that we think it's going to be higher up a year from now. And yet there's going to be fluctuations in between because of the news of the day, because of ugly unemployment reports, ugly corporate earnings reports. Um, again, fluctuations day to day, but long term, we're optimistic about the market. What I hear everybody saying is expect the second quarter numbers just to be really awful, right? They are going to be the awful. GDP. We're so going to see bad numbers. But what most people are saying, and I think Trump is really trying to stress is wait for the third quarter because the country is slowly going to open back up third quarter, possibly fourth quarter, even better. Is, is that what you're kind yeah. of getting at Jeff? I would, I would think so. And if you look at it that a year from now, it'll be better than it is today. And it will the third and fourth quarters, but don't worry about the day to day fluctuations, getting out of the market, putting it into bonds. Now, um, you know, it, it may uh, uh, smooth out the ride a little bit, won't be as bumpy, but I still have a significant amount in stocks. I think stocks and, and having some in bonds is not a bad idea. Again, what Christine mentioned earlier, depending on your risk tolerance, you might not be, have the risk tolerance to be able to sleep at night if you have it all on red. If you're 63 years old and near retirement, it might be a different story. If you're 45 years old and have many, many years yet in your 401k, I get what the listener's saying. He sees 500 up, then the next day it's down 600, then it's up 700. Um, These are pretty volatile times, Jeff. I mean, I don't recall even in that great bull run where you see so much of an increase in one day. So it's all emotion. But that's why backing off isn't bad. If if you sleep better at night because you put some into the fixed portions, that's okay. But I would make sure that you still had a fair amount in stock. So when the market does go up, you you, you will benefit from the the market advances. But you won't get it hit, hit as badly on the days that we see the market go down, which we will. We will see volatility. When the news comes out, uh, again, about uh, unemployment, about uh, earnings reports, and just as President Trump was saying, some of you're, you're wondering why the markets are going up when the news is so bad. They're looking out six months. They're not looking out today and tomorrow. Uh, we've got to take a quick break. Christine, do you want to add anything to that uh, thought? Uh, you know, these these really are unprecedented times. You know, this isn't something that we've that we've seen before. I mean, I'm I'm relatively new compared to my father in the industry, and that's that's something that we were talking about um, the other day. There are so many pieces that we still need to wait and see how they're going to fall together. But you know, we're we're still very optimistic um, in the future. I agree with Jeff. You know, second quarter is not going to look good, but we're we're optimistic about the third quarter, the first fourth quarter and uh, and next year as well. Good stuff, you guys. And we got to uh, sneak in this last commercial break. But we've got more coming up on the Retirement Clinic. It's uh, Saturday mornings with Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Also, Christine Hayward with us today here in WISN Milwaukee, WIBA in Madison. Mother's Day weekend today. Beautiful, sunny, breezy, a high of 55. Tonight down to 41. Temperature staying a little bit more steady. No frost warnings or anything like that, like last night. Your Mother's Day Cloudy, a chance of rain, showers, breezy and cool, high of 46, but next week improving. Uh, Monday, 50, Tuesday, sunny, 53, and Wednesday up to 55 and 61 by Thursday. We'll be back with more of the Retirement Clinic coming up next. 
Thank you, Jeff, for letting me play My Band is Created. That song is called Mercy, released on a video, actually. And you can go to my website, createdtheband.com. 2016, the Pope declared the year of mercy, and the song was written around that. Jeff Kowal, uh, thank you for allowing me to play my band's music. So the website again, Paul, yours? It's it's the band's website. Thank you very much. It's Mark, Rod, Paul, and Gary. Four of us created theband.com. Uh, religious, faith-based music. And Jeff, I thank you for that, but we have to close up the retirement clinic. So Christine Hayward, thank you for being a part of the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Such a good show, yeah, good, Jeff. Good job, Christine. Uh, during the week, if you're close to already in retirement, I have $750,000 or more. We care deeply about your success in retirement, and especially during this difficult time. If you have questions about your investment or retirement accounts, the easiest way to do it is go online to the Kowal Way, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com, or else call us at 262-522-4040. Again, close to already in retirement. We do daily business reports where you get a chance to meet our entire team at 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks in Milwaukee, and uh, 455 on WIBA in Madison. com. The Retirement Clinic will be back next Saturday at 10 a.m. Thank you for tuning in once again on WISN and WIBA.